The Working Artist Project is brought to you by Second Line Arts Collective. Learn how you can support at secondlinearts.org. We're creating a platform for those who are curious. One that tells the story from the artist's perspective. Moments in time, captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is The Working Artist Project. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to The Working Artist Project. Tonight we got, uh, well, before we get there, tonight, hey, Greg, what's up, man? Good evening, my uh, fearless companion in this endeavor that we call The Working Artist Project. What's up, Darian? (laughs) What's up, man? I'm all right, man. You know I moved this weekend, so I'm a little sleepy. And I'm, I'm pretty sure my baby vomited on me right before it was time for the turn the camera on. So it, I can't stand up. But other than that, I'm good, man. I'm good. Well, that's 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 the daddy life right there. <laughs> that's right. And we've we've come such a long way in our life. I used to be I used to be like 22, 23, and it was great, man. But I mean, I'm still it's still great. It's still great now. But I'm old. Hey, so anyway, it's not about me, man. It's not about me. Every week I, I have to remind, it's not about me. Tonight it's about the one and only Virginia McDonald, McDonald, like we say down in Mississippi where I'm from. And she, <laughs> she is uh, an amazing, I think, man, maybe she's like top two, top five clarinet players in the world. And uh, it's funny, Virginia, you don't know this because I didn't tell you yet, but I, I found you, I discovered you like Christopher Columbus okay. on... <laughs> oh. I'm not gonna say. Yeah. Well, all I, right. I, that's I, a, what a way to start the day. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I just, I discovered. That's that's how you know what I'm about to say is some BS. But I discovered her on Instagram, and right away I called Greg, and I was like, Greg, man, I just, this girl is killing, man. You gotta check her out, man. It's Virginia McDonald. He was like, Oh yeah, I know all about. It. I was like, Oh my bad. Okay, cool. And so, that was probably the same response Christopher Columbus got when he said he found a new world. <laughs> Right, yeah, this has right. been there, been there, been there, been there. Oh. So, uh, but for you guys who don't know, Virginia is from Toronto, Canada. Believe it or not, they have jazz musicians up there, and all that, all that snow and wilderness and moose and all that stuff. <laughs> so, uh, let's get right into it, y'all. Welcome, Virginia. How you doing? Hey, hey, y'all. It's good to be here. Thank you both so much for having me. Um, and obviously, Greg, we've talked before. So I kind of knew you just through Instagram as well. But Darian, I also knew who you were, same way. Um, but it's cool to finally like meet both of you and talk in person. Or not in person, but you know what I'm saying. This is this is in person 2021 edition. It's the best it gets. <laughs> it's the best it gets right now. Absolutely. That's yeah, funny. It's interesting too, like having these uh we're just gonna say relationships uh, with with a lot of people via Instagram and, and things of that sort. Cause like after a while you start to, I start to personally feel like I I know you or I, I feel like I know like a lot of other people and somewhat involved in their lives and stuff. But the reality is this is actually the first time we've had an opportunity to sit down and talk. And uh, I just want, yeah, thank you so much for making that time. And I'm going to try and dispel all of my, the stories I've concocted about my, about you via Instagram and things like that. And tonight we're going to, we're going to get down to it and figure out what's really going on. Sounds good. So let's jump right in. We want to know all about you. We know you were born in 1994, which was just (laughs) yesterday. That's right. (laughs) And... Don't so, know where y'all got that one, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell it, give us a little background so those so those new fans out there can uh 
know all about your story. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how in detail I'm going to go, but basically uh, I was born in Toronto uh, into a musical family. So uh, I don't know if both of y'all know this, but my dad is a saxophone player. So he's a tenor sax player in Toronto as well, based here. Um, so that was like a huge part of my upbringing. So basically I came out of the womb listening to music and listening to saxophone specifically. Um, so I started playing music when I was really young and I think I picked up the clarinet when I was about seven or eight. Uh, and probably to some of you, a strange decision, uh, but I was a rebel. My dad was basically like, okay, you have these instruments that you can choose from. I definitely didn't want to play the same thing as him. I was like, hell no. Um, <laughs> and so I saw this instrument kind of sitting in the corner that he told me at the time that he doubled on. And so I'm kind of like, okay, that looks cool. It's different than the saxophone. Um, and maybe, you know, in my like seven-year-old brain, I was thinking this is something that I can do my own thing on. Um, and so I was just drawn to that. And that's kind of how my journey started. So that carried me throughout high school. Um, and I went to a really great community music program here in Toronto called, I have to give it a shout out, uh, Humber College Community Music School. Um, so that was like a huge thing for me. I, I learned so much through my experience there. And that led me to keep going on through college. And I got a degree at Humber College in music. And yeah, since then I've just been trying to do my thing. Uh, I've been really lucky, like music has opened so many doors for me that I thought would never be possible. Um, so I've been really lucky to travel to a lot of different places. Uh, I went to India last year, right before the pandemic. So that was that was really wild. Um, and yeah, I've got to play with some of my idols. So I'm really, really grateful for all of the opportunities that have been presented to me. Uh, so that's a little bit about me. <laughs> it's funny, you, 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 you mentioned when you first saw the clarinet, you wanted to be rebellious and, and pick that. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny, the first, the first thing that came to my mind was a conversation I was having with some friends last night. And we were talking about um, slacklining and how, about, how dangerous it was. And, and two friends were kind of getting into that. And I was just thinking to myself the whole time, I was like, man, you don't want to talk about danger and living life on the edge. Try and make your, <laughs> live your life as a jazz clarinet player. <laughs> <laughs> it's all relative. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. So, I mean, it was rebellious for me as a seven-year-old. <laughs> so, you know, as a clarinet player, I, I would actually really appreciate the opportunity to kind of pick your your mind and experiences about what, like, what, what was it like growing up playing clarinet? Was your, did you grow up playing jazz? Did you have like a classical background? And did anyone ever tell you that you can't play jazz clarinet? <laughs> okay. So yes, no, yes. Um, yes, no, yes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, my my background, I'm not going to lie. It was not easy at first. Well, not when I was like seven years old. Like at that point, you don't really know what you're doing, at least consciously. You're not really thinking about it. Like at that time, it was just like music is fun. Um, I like playing this instrument. I like playing with other people because that was a huge part of my experience at this community music school. Right. And you get to play in like an ensemble setting. So that was really cool. Um, and then as I got older, I started realizing, okay, wait a second, there's not really like too many people who are playing this instrument in this setting, um, because it's not really something that you're cognizant of when you're a kid, right? Um, so as I got into like, you know, like college age, I definitely did have moments where maybe I felt a little bit left out. Um, you know, people didn't want 
clarinet necessarily all the time in a more traditional setting that they might have envisioned for their own music. And that's okay, right? Like, I, I have no beef with that. I have no problem with that. <laughs> you know, everyone has their own vision. Um, but it was hard at that age when you're already kind of feeling a little bit self-conscious about your musicality um, to not always be getting the same opportunities as other people who I thought that maybe <laughs> I was on the same level as. Um, so that was definitely challenging uh, to be able to find my own voice on that instrument. And okay, that's the first question. I forget the second two already. I'm so sorry. What did I say? Oh, <laughs> I, I joke. I think the, the third question, I don't remember the second question, but jokingly, the third question was, I mean, again, it's like the struggle as a clarinet player. And this is probably the most frequently question, uh, asked question that I get is like somewhere in the paragraph is like, well, my band director says clarinet's not a jazz instrument. What am I supposed to do? And 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 that was a large part of my upbringing. And I know had I had I not met Alvin Baptiste at a young age, and seeing someone in like the flesh and blood just, you know, really playing the clarinet in the modern context and, and having it be done, I may have been dissuaded from pursuing that professionally. And, and so, you know, on, on some level, I have admiration for people who have gone through that same struggle and overcome. And again, like someone like yourself who is playing a lot of music and playing some shit on the clarinet, it's, it's, you know, I was just curious if you had the same experience. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I don't know what to say other than I must be crazy or like just a straight up weirdo. I mean, that's cool though. I, I like, I, I love that. Right. I've grown into that, but yeah, definitely when I was in high school, even college, I, I had questions all the time. Like, when are you switching to saxophone? Like you must be playing like, alto or tenor sax by now like what's the deal um do you play saxophone i don't <laughs> I, wow I you've to. made it all this this your whole life not playing any saxophone well i okay i've tried a couple of times and it just it never stuck um i i don't know why i just felt like maybe i waited too late and i i know that that's not really like a, a true thing it's it's something that you feel um, you know, there's never a moment where it's too late, but I started to feel as more and more time passed, like, okay, there's like tens of thousands of killing saxophone players out there. Um, am I going to start this late in the game uh, when I already feel like I've kind of carved out a voice on this instrument? So that, that was part of it too. Um, I've played saxophone a little bit. I mean, honestly, I just find it frustrating too. That's the other part. <laughs> I don't get it as an instrument in terms of the mechanics. Um, and I guess a lot of it was just kind of sticking with what I knew. And I, I had been playing clarinet since, I, like I said, I was seven or eight. Um, and I just felt the most comfortable expressing my voice on that instrument. We don't need no more saxophone players. You ain't got to explain that. <laughs> we got enough of them, 10 billion of them. I, I want to get into, because you're so young and the future of this music. And how, how do you how do you feel, especially now that we're we're in coronavirus, right? And, and you're having to deal with a challenge that is unique to your generation where uh, the scene is crumbling around us. Clubs are closing. There's nowhere to play. There's no people to play with to even get better at playing. Where, where do you think the future of the music is and, and what that's what is that going to look like over the next, say, five years? Yeah. Oh my God. That's a big question. Um, okay. I'll try my best to tackle it. Um, well, I mean, I'll be honest. I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I've always been the type of person who very much lives in the moment. And I think maybe that's by nature, right? And 
what we do as musicians yeah. um, and improvisers. So for me, uh, you know, even before this, it was kind of like I'm the type of person who likes to feel invited into a situation, yeah, if that so. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I, I just kind of wait for those moments. And that's kind of what my career has been to me. And that's what I still hope it will be five years from now or, uh, you know, the rest of my career. Right. Mm -hmm. I like having those moments um, where it feels like things are happening. And if in my mind, at least, maybe this is a simplistic way of looking at it. If you can create that series of moments over time, um, again, maybe it's simple, but I think that's enough for me. So for me, I'm just trying to keep putting in the work. Like that's what I've been doing. Like I said to you guys, trying to stay positive because we're, we're still in lockdown here. And just having that kind of day-to-day -day mentality has kind of kept me sane. In terms of where things are going in five years though, like, man, I can't tell you. It's hard, right? Like even here in Toronto, there's really only a few clubs that are left um, right now. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Things close, things might open up. I, I, I'm not too sure, mm. you know? So you see, so you, you, you were saying earlier, like you guys are in the second week again in, of another lockdown. So we're, we're in the second month. <laughs> second month, oh, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. So we've been in lockdown since the beginning of December. Um, but before that, I, th I don't even know, guys. Like I've lost track. I think this is like, our third lockdown since, you know, March last year or whenever this started happening. Um, so it's a lot, right? Like even for like the most like stable, um, positive people, that is a lot to take on for anyone, right? Um, so I'm just, like I said, kind of on the same note, like I'm just trying to kind of roll with everything um, and take the the bad feelings and the good and just accept them for what they are. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and try not to get too weighed down by the bad feelings because they will exist. It's impossible for them not to exist right now. Right. You know? Yeah. It's, uh, for people who don't know, if you listen to this, you're not a musician or you're not an artist, like, you know, having, or even if you're in a different industry and, and coronavirus has shut your industry down, now you have to think, will my industry come back? And if it does, will it include me? And music, especially because like, like I, I was serious, like, thank God you don't play saxophone because there's 20 billion of them and it's only five gigs before now it's only one. So, you know, it's not going to go to that guy who shed and it's probably going to go to one of the names, you know, and that's just the reality of the situation. So that's why I asked the question, like, I, I'm curious to know how it, how it feels to be at the beginning of your career and trying to plan like, okay, cause you got to have a, a goal. It's like, okay, well maybe your goal before was I want to play Carnegie hall, but shit, will Carnegie hall make it, you know? So like, right. how are you guys dealing with that reality? It, mm -hmm. It's very curious to me. Yeah. I mean, I think the other thing too, that I've been thinking a lot about, and again, this isn't, it's not like a, uh, a tangible solution because I, I don't think that there is one necessarily right now. Um, but something that I've been really trying to do a lot of is just looking inwards. Um, because you know, you know, it's funny, like I, I didn't graduate, uh, college too long ago. And I've been thinking about this a lot, how when you're in music school or jazz school, whatever you want to call it, um, there's a lot of talk about the tangible things, right? Okay. If you practice this, uh, if you do this, these are the right steps to take. Um, but there's not a lot of talk about the intangible and the inward 
struggles that you may have as a musician and just a, a person on this earth, right? Um, so, I mean, there's been nothing but time to think about those things um, in the past year. And so I've been trying to do a little bit more work inwards. And again, I don't have an answer for what will happen in the next year, the next five years. I don't know. Uh, I wish I did. <laughs> but if I can be at peace with myself and my process right now, I feel like that's enough to try to keep me going on and carrying through, at yeah. least for the time being. You Absolutely. know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I, I like that answer. I like Thank that. You. It's, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I mean, I guess we can go, we can go down that rabbit hole. I think that's a, an appropriate way to, to head the conversation as, you know, as, as someone myself, I turf, totally identify with what you're saying in terms of um, kind of coping with the inner struggle. I'm sure Darian, Darian goes through that too. And, and as artists and musicians, everyone watching is probably dealing with that on some level. And it's, it's, you know, it's funny. Uh, it's not funny, but I, I think it's really beautiful to have, to, to have an opportunity to sit down with someone like yourself or, or some of our previous guests, because again, a lot of times we admire them from far and are, you know, checking out your, your Instagram videos and just like, oh, wow, you know, Virginia is living the dream and she plays so amazing. And I wish I could, I wish I could live like that. And, and I, you know, you start again, like when I was talking about the stories that we concoct about people, and I really appreciate the, uh, the opportunity to sit down and actually figure out who people are, what they're going through. So what, so inner struggle, like, like musically speaking, like how, how does the inner struggle, how has that impacted you? What kind of things are you dealing with? And like, how, how do you overcome them to, uh, to ultimately put art out? Yeah. Oh man. Where do I start though? <laughs> I'm playing. Um, yeah. Um, no, but I mean, I think the big one is self-acceptance, um, you know? And again, it's not something, I think, I think that people are a little bit afraid to take on that topic, whether it be because they're insecure um, or, you know, they're just not comfortable maybe bringing those feelings or their own feelings to light, right? They might not even be aware that they are festering those feelings. Um, but again, like I said, I have had nothing but time to think. So I've been thinking a lot about these things. Um, and it's funny that you kind of mentioned Instagram because I actually posed this question on Instagram a while ago and it was this idea like how do you become more comfortable with the idea of imperfection um, as an artist right and so that's been something that I'm thinking about a lot um, and the idea of how do you accept yourself as an imperfect artist how do you put music out there in this age where everything is so saturated and everything that you're presented with on social media seems so good. Um, and how do you put music out there when you feel like everything you're seeing is like perfect or next level, right? Um, so it's been something that I've been grappling with, not just this year, but before that too. And I think it's something, like I said, a lot of artists feel deep down, but are maybe a little bit scared to admit. Um, so I, I've just been trying to let things go in terms of what I put out there and how I present myself. Um, it's, and that's hard for me. It's, it's like that in itself is like a huge struggle. Um, a lot of days, but you know, just putting out a video maybe and saying to myself, okay, I'm not totally happy with, you know, 30 seconds of it, or I totally cacked something here, but I'm still going to put that out there into the world. And hopefully if it makes one person's day a little bit better, that's enough. Yeah. Um, See, what you're talking about right now is called honesty. Yeah. And, and 
you know, I think sometimes. Well, sometimes as musicians and artists, we forget that the sauce is in the struggle. So if you go hear somebody and they're playing perfect, you know, you, that shit is boring as hell. You're going to leave. That shit ain't fun. That's true. So, but you you go to one of your shows and we hear a little bit of struggle in there. That's life. That's honesty. Mm. You know mm. what I mean? It's hard carrying your groceries home in the snow. You know what that's like. Greg don't know nothing about that. Me and on you. my moose. <laughs> that's on your moose. Yeah, on right. your moose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, have to throw that in there. That's people. right. I like that. <laughs> on your very polite moose. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I do say sorry a lot. That's right. <laughs> sorry, sorry. So it's this, funny because when, when you were talking about like putting out a video, I mean, so I just, you're conjuring up all these thoughts. But I, I watched the Michelle Wolf stand up the other day on HBO, and she was talking about selfies. And she was like, "Everyone, when you put, when you take a selfie, you should take a picture of yourself and then put like how many times you took the selfie before you posted it." So it was like, "Oh, you're having a great day, 67." <laughs> but but yeah. again, like. What you were talking about putting out content on Instagram and and things of that sort, like that's, you know, people come up to me and they're like, oh my God, you know, you have everything figured out. You're so secure and you just post things. And I'm like, shit, every, every post I make is a fucking emotional struggle and battle in my mind. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's the thing, like people don't see or feel that layer. And it's so funny to me. Like I, I've deleted videos on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram in the past, because I'm like, oh, like no one wants to hear this, like whatever. And then I've had people message me being like, oh, like where did that video go? Um, So, you know, like I said, it's relative, right? Uh, You can't, uh, everyone's their own worst critic. So I'm just trying again to put things out into the world from here on out um, and just let things be a little bit more. I think this is a perfect segue into the song you sent us and we're gonna play it because and it's entitled Up High, Down Low.
the one and only Virginia McDonald. Yo, that was nice, man. Then it was in three, four, two. That's my tent. That's my <laughs> tempo. You know, shoot. <laughs> you sound beautiful, man. Please, oh, before you. before we move on, you got to tell us who was all on that record because everybody was was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so they're all Toronto musicians. Um, so we got Mingja Chen on vocals, um, who also you can't hear her doing it on this recording, but she is an amazing improviser as well. Um, just like top notch. So uh, she's singing. Uh, Dennis Lim Searson on piano. Uh, my friend Julian Anderson Bowes on bass and Norbert Botosh on drums. So uh, all uh, kind of people who I came up with. Uh, a lot of us went to Humber College together um, and we're here doing our thing up in Toronto. Uh, <laughs> and they all deserve recognition. Um, they're all amazing musicians. Oh, thank Absolutely. you. Thanks, guys. So you wrote you, you wrote that, no? I did. Yes. Okay. So what was the song actually about? I just gave it a meaning before we we started we started playing it. You know what? You're not far off. It's not too hard to decipher. Um, so it's just like one of those dual meanings, right? So it's like the song is literally kind of the same thing, up high, down low. Okay, but yeah, absolutely, you're you're kind of right um, in that it definitely fits in with what we were talking about before, um, and it's just kind of trying to embody that feeling of what we go through, not only as artists, but also people um, in experiencing both the highs and, you know, the kind of low points of That's right. our lives. Yeah. See, that could have been about riding your bike, you know? <laughs> it could have been. been. could have been, <laughs> been about anything, you know? You got on your next... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's funny. But, so you, you've mentioned a couple of times uh, going to school at, uh, at Humble. Yeah. And I was wondering, you know... You're Canadian, we're American, and a lot of times in, in, in so many aspects of life, you know, I, I, I don't think we see a, an actual difference between the life, you know, between us as countries and things uh -huh. like that. However, <laughs> I, I really want to ask you uh, about your college experience yeah. and like just as a Canadian studying uh, music in college, like, did you like, did you pay $150,000 in tuition to study that? Like, like, how does that all work? in relation to all of your your American counterparts who are going to Juilliard and Berkeley and things like that? Yeah, listen, I mean, that part of it is wild. Um, and it's something that I wasn't even really attuned to or hip to um, before I did this workshop at Berkeley. I think it was, I, I guess it'll be like three years ago now um, in this coming summer. And that's when I got a chance to talk to uh, kind of people who were in America about how much they were paying for tuition. and. I was like, oh my God, I, like I literally almost had a heart attack. And the thing is like, you mentioned Juilliard, but I'm thinking just like state schools. Like I was in shock. Um, like I think for tuition at Humber, it was eight grand a year, Canadian. So yeah. <laughs> eight grand Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, not very expensive. Now Humber again, it's a college, so there's it's still like you get a bachelor, um, like it's a university, but university costs for like a music program would not be much higher here. Um, so yeah, the the price point is definitely a lot lower, and it's interesting because like I have friends who have come up from the states to study in Canada just because it's cheaper, right? Um, so yeah, that kind of blew my mind a little bit. <laughs> That's crazy. So as, as a Canadian, do you feel like a lot of your peers like 
have it kind of like ingrained in their subconscious. Like, yo, I have to go to Berkeley if I want to be killing or I have to go to Juilliard. Or do a lot of you all feel like it's, you know what, I can stay in Toronto and and still excel in my career and, and play and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I think it's hard, right? You can excel. Um, and like, don't get me wrong, there's a very active scene in Toronto and other like uh, kind of like metropolitan cities here, right? So there's, there's other big cities. <laughs> The, the joke is that everyone hates Toronto because we pretend like we're the only city in Canada, right? <laughs> um, but there are other bigger cities that kind of have their own separate scenes. So it's like, yeah, you can stay here and have a good career. You can be a working musician or working artist. Um, but it's difficult because I feel like so much of the recognition that a lot of artists that I like get um, part of that comes from being in the right place. You know what I mean? Like if you're not in New York, if you're not in LA, if you're not in New Orleans, like, uh, you know, kind of those centers of the music in America, it's hard because you're not going to be playing um, a lot of times with some of the people that you look up to, right? Not that there's not amazing musicians that I look up to here in Toronto, um, but you know, it's, it, there's just no comparison, right? When you think about, the American cities. So it's difficult. Um, and I, I've definitely thought about moving to the States, but let me tell you, y'all don't make it easy. Uh, the <laughs> No, like you're laughing, but the visa process is no joke. If you- It's like, crazy. What's that? And you gotta, and you gotta make it past the wall too, which is that's, like- Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, very serious problem. Uh, Sorry, me trying to be funny. Oh, <laughs> you got a pity laugh for me, so. <laughs> But that's that that's totally true. It's like the whole um, um, getting getting your papers to legally come into the states and work and things like that oh. is 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 a total pain in the butt. It's no joke, um, and it's expensive. Like not even like just talking about doing a tour in the states, and this is crazy. Like we're neighbors. It's like why do you guys hate us so much? Um, but like to just get a visa to come down to the states and do a tour. First of all, you have to get a, a visa for every band member that's Canadian. And I think it's, I don't know what the price is right now. I think it's around five or $600 per person. Um, now that's to not get it expedited. That might take like a year uh, to get everything to pass through, right? So to get it expedited, I think it's around a grand per person. So it's no joke, right? Like I've, I've had friends come up and visit me and do some gigs in Toronto. They, they don't get a visa, you don't need to, right? It's very lax going the other way. Um, and so that's kind of like a point of contention here. A lot of Canadians are like, well, like we need to do it to them too. But it's like, that won't make a difference, right? And then you're like cutting yourself off even more. So it is it is really difficult for sure. Like I'd love to make it down to the States at some point. I really, really, um, that's definitely uh, on my list of things that I feel like I want to do. But whether or not it's possible, uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can guarantee you this right now that uh, you only got to come here, man. With, I think with with like all those dudes you playing with, those men and women, like they're some bad motherfuckers. They just as bad as I live in New York. They just as bad as some people who live here. Oh, so yeah, absolutely. You know, no. Sure. Yeah. So I think with like technology and all that stuff, it kind of like bridged the gap that used to be why people came to New York or New Orleans or L.A. or Chicago and those kind of places. Mm -hmm. It might be more important for you to stay where you are come visit New York and play some gigs, but create a scene there. So I can come play in your city. You come play in my city. Yeah. And we, and we keep, we keep the, keep the thing, the whole thing alive like that by creating micro scenes 
uh, no. around the world, you know? Uh, no, absolutely. Um, and, and that's the other thing too. Like I, I love my city. I love being here. Um, and there are so many amazing musicians and so many fun things to do in normal times. Um, and I think you're definitely like spot on about the technology thing. Like things in that sense are changing so much in that remote recordings are becoming such like a, a prominent part of what you do as a musician now. Um, so we'll or see just what even like the exposure, like for instance, you you being on Instagram, like like when I was coming up, there was no Instagram for yeah. me to put my <laughs> solos on. You know, I had to show up. No, like, sure. All right, I can play that. Like, Darian was taping um, CDs to pigeons, man. I'm just sending them out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, I see. Go to Canada. Go to Canada. <laughs> no. Not <'cause> <laughs> no, oh, wow. I see. See. I'm sorry. I didn't want to say taping <laughs> tapes to them. <laughs> I used to tape tapes off the radio. But that's 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 a that's another story for another day. <laughs> but I, but I guess like you know to tie into you know well we we all started this with playing clarinet and you know. From my experience, like the hardship of of being a clarinet player in a saxophone world or a trumpet world and things like that. But on the flip side, like you're talking about with living in Toronto or being a clarinetist, is there may not be a scene where you are, or there might not be many clarinet players where growing up with and playing. However, that just means that the the world is that much more open to the possibility for you to be that person or you, for you to to start that scene in Toronto to to be the cat in Toronto like when people come to visit they're going to want to play with you and there's not going to be anyone else to play with but you no that's very true well i shouldn't say no one else oh, i might get in trouble for that but yeah no i i totally get what you mean for sure and then the other thing too is i mean in normal times like i love the idea of touring um, like that's something that's been so big for me and it's unfortunate because, well, I know this happened to everyone, but last year there were so many things that were in the works. Um, but you know, that's a big part of it too. Like in normal times, ideally I'd be traveling, going to different places, meeting other musicians. Um, and that's the nice thing. I think now you don't need to necessarily be tied to one scene or one city as a musician. Um, I see lots of people doing it where they're based in like two, <laughs> three cities now, right? Um, so it's something to think about. Um, and I don't know, I'm just gonna see what happens. We'll see where things take me. Yeah. Yeah, this this coronavirus really, really shook us up, but it seems like you're you're uh navigating it gracefully. You're doing you're doing a lot of introspection and and uh coming up with some new ways to connect with people through uh, remote recording you referenced and also through Instagram and other uh, social media channels, you know what I mean? Which is, it's just, it, it kind of blows my mind because I remember right at the beginning of this, I was like, man, the only way we're going to be able to stay connected is through the internet. So thank God for the internet. And then, okay, how do, how do I create content that's engaging? Because you know what's boring? Watching someone play their instrument after nine months. That's some boring ass shit, right? Like you just sitting there with your fucking bass or your whatever the fuck. I don't care anymore. Stop doing that. Like, but I think the younger generation, you guys are figuring out interesting ways to keep it, keep it funky and keep it, keep it lit. Like what, what are some things that you're, you got brewing to keep us looking at your page? Uh oh, oh my God. Okay. The pressure is on. <laughs> <laughs> shit. 
Um, or even, or even, what are some things that you have coming up in the future? Like, what's, what's, what does the future look like for you? Oh, um, well, like, like I said, <laughs> not much going on here right now, right? Um, so, I mean, I'll be honest that way. Like, I, I don't know that I have any big plans in the next couple of months. Like. I don't know. I hate that. Like, I, I don't want to be the person who sits here and is like, yeah, like I have all these like big projects coming up and like I'm doing like da da da. Like, it's just it's not genuine. Like we're in a pandemic right now. Um, you know what I'm saying? So I, I do have my first live stream gig happening next month. Uh, fingers crossed it doesn't get canceled. It already got moved once. Um, but I'm doing something as part of the Ottawa Jazz Fest. So that's another big city here in Canada. Um, so they have like a winter jazz fest in normal times. It would be in front of an audience, uh, but it's going to be live streamed, hopefully February 20th. So that's my next gig. It's the first one I've had since September. So I'm really, really stoked for it. And, and this is with your band? It's with my dad's band, actually. Cool. Yeah. Um, so we, we do a lot of playing together and uh, a lot of touring together. And so I, I've been very blessed that way to get a lot of guidance and a lot of opportunities yeah. Yeah. through him. I want to I want to ask you, uh, uh, first of all, everybody go check that out. Yeah. And and it's the Ottawa Jazz Fest live stream. Right. And that's going to be February yes. 22nd. What time and where can they? 20th. 20th sorry. 20 February 20th. And where can they look at that? Uh, if you just check out like TD Ottawa Jazz Fest website or their Facebook page, I think it should be streaming from there, probably on YouTube too. Um, it's up in the air right now because uh, we're still, we're like under a stay at home order. Okay. So this was actually supposed to be happening a couple of weeks from now, um, but it got okay. moved. So fingers crossed this one actually happened. Okay, so y'all go in those places, check it out. And uh, as I'm sure there'll be like a donate button or there'll be some way for them. Okay. Yeah. I hope so. And oh, oh, while I'm thinking about it, your the the song we played is come is is it out? Is it from a new record? Yeah, so that's that's kind of like um like a demo recording I did, and that's actually a couple of years old. So that's a, an older okay. recording. Um, and so what my plan is is hopefully sometime in the next few months I will be going into the studio, uh, with a similar band, probably a lot of the same people, and uh, recording my first album under my own name. Okay. So uh, that's so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited about it and uh, kind of nervous, <laughs> but mostly excited. Um, so, yeah, it'll be kind of like a quintet thing. Nice. And a big part of that is definitely having the clarinet and voice together just because I like when us weirdos stick together. <laughs> you know, uh, it's like a bit of an unusual instrumentation, I think. I can't think of too many examples of like clarinet and voice right. together in that setting. So I kind of like the way it works. Yeah, it works perfectly. Um, yeah. It's kind of like it's guitar and clarinet, you know, because it's, it's so, it's like a, it's, it's it, the way it sounds. So I, I do want to ask you a question about failure. I'm mm -hmm. curious how you measure failure and and how, how those failures have led to your success. Oh, oh my God. Okay, these are big questions. Um, let me think about this for a second. This is introspection part two. Yeah, <laughs> this is too much for me. Um, no, I'm kidding. How do I measure failure? Hmm. Well, I think that it's changed. Uh, I think that historically I've been one to be very hard on myself. Um, I'm very, very self-critical and I'm very prone to getting inside my own head a little bit too much. Um, and in so some ways, 
at first I was like, oh God, this is too much time to think this past year. Um, but it's turned out to be a blessing because like I said, it, it's kind of led me to some, I don't want to say revelations, but just thoughts in how I can get past those mental hurdles. Because to me, that is what failure was. Um, it wasn't like a, a real thing. It wasn't a tangible thing. It was just these mental uh, ideas, I guess I had about, you know, what is right and what's wrong, uh, you know, and it can be so many things. Um, when I was younger, it was like messing up an intro, like an ending on a song. It were these small things that I used to torture myself about. Um, and that was failure to me. Like I failed tonight. I, I didn't play the right thing on this gig or whatever. It was so much smaller. Um, and I guess I would say now, not to get to uh, <laughs> whatever, but failure to me now is not being able to be honest with myself, um, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? So that is failure to me, where I'm at now. Um, success is being the most honest artist and person that I can be. I love that answer. I love that. That was perfect. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Some wisdom right there. It's nine months of quarantine. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of thinking. That's right. I like that. And watching. Well, I think... <laughs> yeah. Well, going back a couple of minutes when you were talking about, um, so you mentioned watching TV and then I, I rethought about um, you mentioning that you don't have too many things coming up uh, in the immediate future. But, you know, I, I love that honesty too, because again, with the whole facade of Instagram, everyone is like, oh man, you know, this person is doing that and this and everyone's living a cool life. You know, no, I'm actually just sitting on my couch, you know, and it's it's sometimes it's important to be honest with the process. And I appreciate you being honest with us about, you know, sometimes we're not creative. Sometimes it's it's sometimes it's not a good time to practice. Sometimes it's all right to take some time off and, and live life, watch TV, read a book, go outside. Like that's all part of the process. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm with you there for sure. Virginia, listen, we're coming up on time here. And before we go, I do want to give everybody an opportunity to to uh, follow and click and like and comment and DM you all the places they can do that. And also to buy any T-shirts you have for sale, clarinet reeds. What, what kind of stuff? What kind of stuff you clarinet players sell? I don't know. But clarinet reeds? I don't know. I'm not at <laughs> okay, that level right. yet. I don't have my own clarinet reed brand. <laughs> you don't sell your you use That's reeds right. online? <laughs> That's but all right. Yeah. So to, tell us tell us all the places where people can connect with you. Yeah. Okay. Oh, shoot. I'm going to forget like all of my handles now. I'm so sorry, guys. Um, okay. So Verge FM. So V-I-R-G-F-M. You can find me on Instagram, uh, on Facebook. You can search Virginia Frigo McDonald. Okay. And you can find me there. Uh, Twitter, which I don't really use. I'm trying to. I'm sorry for all of y'all that use Twitter. I don't know. I don't really get it. Uh, it's Verge FM Music. And then I also just created a YouTube channel. I'm trying to be more active on there. Oh, I don't remember what it is. If you search my name, it'll come up. I'm so bad at this. I'm sorry, guys. No I, I'm not a social media. No worries, no worries. <laughs> That's right. We're working on it too. So y'all, y'all make sure y'all, um, y'all Google her and figure out all the places she is. Like, comment, subscribe, DM, buy any used reads or T-shirts that she's selling at the time. And uh, yeah, Virginia, thank you so much for coming on the Working Artist Project. Oh, thank you guys for having me. It was uh, nice to chat and hopefully we get to play sometime soon. It'd be uh, really dope to share the bandstand with both of you. 
That would be amazing. And also, you know, before we leave, I just wanted to shout you out and, and say congratulations on the um, co- uh, placing first on the uh, the ICA's Yay. COVID clarinet competition. Thank you. Uh, for those of you watching, Virginia. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Uh, Virginia did um, place first in the jazz category uh, for the, there was a a virtual COVID clarinet competition. So shout out to you. And and I look forward to seeing the performance that should be posted uh, somewhat soon. It's on YouTube. It's on YouTube? It's on YouTube. It's up there. I'm going to go steal all all those licks. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. My name is Darian Douglas. And uh, my name is Gregory Aji. Thank you, Virginia, so much for your time. Thank y'all. Hope you have a good night. That's right. Catch on later. Later, everybody.